you know all the shortcuts. I wouldn't say shortcuts, but you know how to work with it. Your planning is better. Mm-hmm. Your decision making on what do you like, what is what is the right method to make your specific wine, where to get it from, when to harvest it. Um, you know all that little things that that is necessary to make a good wine comes with a little bit of experience. Today I'm talking to Lucas Wenzel, winemaker at Grote Post Winery in South Africa. Good morning, Lucas. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for this. It's, a, it's really, thanks for choosing me. It's awesome. Lovely yeah. to speak to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so fascinated about your, your winery there um, because you're in Darling. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And Darling, I know, is in, in the west coast of South Africa and, and you, you actually have cooler climates than in the Boerland. Um, it does because it depends where you when you talk about Darling is it's a little bit more diverse in a way, but Darling where we are in the Darling Hills is definitely the case where you have the effect of the, the altitude and you also have the effect of the of the Atlantic Ocean that is very close. I talk about nine kilometers as the crow flies to the ocean, which is which is makes it a more moderate temperature uh, area for South Africa. And also then, um, and then obviously good for, for 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 making wine. You know, it's it's moderate, and that's very important uh, mm-hmm. when you make good wine. When the area is good to make wine in, yeah, yeah. And um, and the soil that you have there, the soils are decomposed granites. Um, it's basically like nice deep red soils. the The benefit is that it's very deep and it's well structured. So what I always explain to people why is well structured means is that it, it allows root development, uh, which is very good, and it maintains moisture. So if you remember, uh, in the past, all the vineyards here was dry land, um, most of it. Now a lot of them are trellised, but in the past was 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 bushfire and, and dry land. Now it's trellised, and but we we have a little bit of supplementary irrigation now, but in the in your good soils. You, and even in dry years, you will see the effect. But it's amazing how good the vineyards last. And sometimes when I harvest, I think, goodness, after I've taken it off, did I need to take it off now already because the, the vines look so good? But mm-hmm. we had the drought. You can see the effect on the on the vineyards when we had the drought. After two, three years of low rainfall, you will see the effect in the vineyards. But but otherwise, yeah, we're blessed with the soil makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And do you have, I mean, I, I, I don't know much about oh, how close you, you say you're quite close to the ocean, but do you have also the moisture? Do, do you have a problem with moisture? Um, yeah, it does have a problem. It does cause a problem sometimes for, 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 for rot, but we control that. Uh, we are fortunate that we can can, we know when when we have those peaks of of, of rot that we control it. Um, we we try to uh, to minimize any spraying. Unfortunately, you still have to. Uh, just to give you an indication, we don't use any insecticides. Mm-hmm. We only use biological control here, which is very important. So no insecticides. It's only herbicides that we need to do um, uh, to to control your oediums. And downy mildew uh, and things like that. So yeah, 
if you are in a more maritime condition, um, you asked me about it's nine kilometers from the ocean. So it does have an influence on, on, on that, yeah, mm. on diseases, yeah. But this is also what I wanted to ask you about the, the way you farm. You know, it, it's because there's a, a, a difference between biological farming and ecological farm and, and eco, ecologically friendly farming, is it? Mm. Or is it the same thing? Yeah, you, you basically do organic farming, which is a, a total mm. way of going organic. Um, biological is to make sure that you, you the implementation of certain, just to give you indication uh, for, for, for controlling mealybug, for instance, which is probably one of the better known methods that they use is biological, is by introducing predators. You, because oh, yeah. every insect has got like a cycle and that cycle has different, obviously there's different stages, stages in that cycle. So you introduce different predators in the different stages that will uh, eat that or control that uh, specific stage of that mealybug's development. So you introduce that predators at that certain stages. So you, what happens is that you've never have to spray anything to control the, the level of infestation of mealybug. So by doing that, yeah. So that is the little kind of thing. So that is what we do. We try to eliminate minimum spray as far as we can, only when we need to. So when you go to to uh, to to, to uh, organic, yeah, then it's a different approach. Then it's that's a whole different story, um, which is difficult to start because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, out of out of a financial point of view. You could lose your whole crop if you do it wrong, you know. And, and the other thing is that you've got a lot of farmers. Your your neighbors is not biological or, or organic. And when it happens, then when there's a big disease, your vineyard is going to go dead. I mean, you could lose your whole crop almost, you know. So that is the risk. So you can't take that risk. But as far as we can do is is to make sure that we don't have uh, we control it as much as we can, and that we use stuff that it's not harmful to the to to, to people. That we spray it at the right times, so so that it can break down. And yeah, and we we're lucky in South Africa because we've got the IPWs, we've got Vita, and so much more of this this uh, uh, people that 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 controls this whole area. So when you when you uh, or this industry, so when you have a product that's not good for an environment, not good for people. They will take it off the list and you can't use it anymore. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is very, very well controlled by these institutions or, 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 or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But now the reason why I also speak to uh, winemakers on this uh, platform is that I'm fascinated by the, by the, um, the link between uh, the science and the art of making wine. And, um, and, and also only when you also talk about the way you farm, there's a very much creative thought into that as well. But can do you do you agree that there's that winemaking is a is a form of art? Yes, I do. Mm. I think it's definitely it's it's a combination. You're 100 right. It's a combination between the chemistry because you have to understand what you're working with. I mean, it's the same with the painter. You need to know his paint. He needs to know the surface. Yeah. That he works on uh, what he wants to achieve, you know. Um, yeah, very much so. Uh, it, interesting is that we talked just before we went on air. Let me put it this way, but but art. But I think I've always been a little bit of of in that world. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that that 
pulled me towards uh, um, making wine. The other reason was my mother said you were drinking too much. Uh, it's probably a cheaper way of getting <laughs> good wine. <laughs> but I, it, but to be honest, but it's it's it's, it's definitely a, uh, I, 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 it's a personality thing. So you, it's, it is the chemistry thing. It's the science behind it. But I always say it's for for science is one plus one is two. For yeah. winemakers, sometimes one plus one is eleven. Uh, um, and for artists, you know, you 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 have to be creative. You have to understand your vineyards. You have to understand your uh, your uh, terroir. What you want to achieve, you must understand. So you have to take in that whole thing. Is is art and creativity, and also production. Because when I talk about production, it's more like the factory thing. So you have yeah. to combine that in a way. That's that's. But yeah, I'm, I think as as a personality, I have got a little bit of art in me, I suppose, and a little bit of creativity yeah. <laughs> that makes a good winemaker. And it's and it's in the passion. It's very much a passion, uh, and a lot of drinking. <laughs> yeah, but apart from apart from uh, the good advice that your mum gave you, what was it initially? What um, what was the um, the inspiration to to go and study winemaking? It's, it's actually it's, it's circumstances that led me to that. I always wanted to go in agriculture. And I and I met this girl that I had a little bit of tastings with uh, uh, her father beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I can remember as a boy as well, I had I always opened the bottles of wine. I was always the skunker, you know, in Afrikaans. Oh, yeah. the, what do you call it in English? The skunker, you know? Um, and uh, well, I, and know I always loved it. Uh, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, but it was always such a, uh, I always enjoyed doing that. And I yeah. loved the smell of wine, even when I was a little boy. So yeah, I think maybe that. And then also my love for agriculture. And that was always the, the direction I think that I would have gone into. Um, wine just, I, I just, I think my whole direction just flew and, you know, like it took me into that direction as, and a lot of things fell in place for me. Uh, to study, suddenly this thing happened, and okay, let's try this. And yeah, uh, eventually I was studying winemaking, um, and I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it from the beginning. I, like I said, my mother couldn't believe I was actually studying for a change. Yeah. And but but the big thing is, yeah, it's it, it's it's things just fell in the right place for me to eventually go into winemaking, and I'm not looking back, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. But for a young winemaker. Uh, when you are when you finished your studies is it something that you is is there a process before you really can start making wine or are you prepared when you leave university and and you uh, you know is it something that you can immediately do or if, is there still a lot of experience to be had yeah definitely you need to experience i think it's uh you can't just walk out of university. You know, you, you've got all the knowledge or you think you've got all the knowledge. You don't. You've got all the basics. Let me put it this way. So you've got the basics, but you don't have the experience. So you need to, to after studying you, that you go out and into the industry and, and get yourself that three, four years of experience. Because if you go into a winery, you must have the confidence in what you're doing and also have a plan. And that some people probably earlier, some people might be a little bit lighter, but overall to have that experience. And I mean, my first two, three years of making wine, I was fortunate to work for Lamotte under Jacques Bormann. Hopefully he watched this as well. I'll see, I'll tell him. Yeah. This is awesome. I mean, this guy, this gave me the opportunity to, to develop myself 
uh, I can remember my first year was was very very rough. I mean, was running around and you don't know where you don't know where to start or where to stop. And when you look back now, thirty years almost, oh, no, twenty five years almost too much. Twenty five years ago, you, and if you look back, it's it's basically you know all the shortcuts. I wouldn't say shortcuts, but you know how to work with it. Your planning is better. Mm-hmm. Your decision making on what do you like, what is what is the right method to make your specific wine, where to get it from, when to harvest it, um, you know, all that little things that that is necessary to make a good wine comes with a little bit of experience. So I'm very glad I had that two three years, and then after that I came to to Kudapos, and it was it was a you know you jumped into you know, now you're responsible for the whole thing. That's, that's, a, that's a lot on a young person sometimes, you know, you, like again, again, I mean, a lot of young people will be able to, to handle it. Some people will take a bit of time before they get there. So that experience that I got that three years of, of harvesting have done a little bit overseas and in, in France. And uh, later on, I did a little bit of America as well. That all helped me to, to become where I'm now, where I'm confident in a way, you still learn every day. I mean, every year is a new year. Every year there's something new coming up, but you're much more comfortable in, in what you do. So you need you need a little bit of experience with somebody that had the experience or has the experience. But now also, if you go to different wine estates or, you know, if you, you start now a new job somewhere, then the, the climate is different the soil is different how how quick is it to understand what the vineyard is going to give you it takes you a while it, it, because you need to understand the vineyards because it depends on how you work so for me here yeah, we the, the majority of our grapes that comes into the farm is is from our own farm so you know what to work with after 21 years of being here i know what that specific block can give you. So I've grown with that block. I understand because you know, as I get older, the vineyard has got older and yeah. there's a difference in how it, it 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 delivers its grapes and what the what it does. Because as the vine gets older, it produces probably less, develops different flavors. It either can become better or it can be going down. So you know all that things is is very important to understand with time. So you need time to understand your vineyard. So you can't just rush into, but if you have the experience, I think with a longer, like 20, 25 years, and you've been working with uh, a lot of grapes from outside, you should be able to walk into a, a winery with a little bit more confidence and understand, but you will still need maybe a year or two, maybe three before you really understand what that specific winery and its grapes is about. But now, um, tell me a little bit more about Grote Post. What what is the story behind the vineyard or the the, the winery? Well, it's actually a very rich history. Um, when I got when I came here the first time, um, uh, the only place that I went to was Langebaan, you know, to have a good time with my friends for a weekend and about that. And I never knew that the rich history of the West Coast. I mean, it's amazing. You, you've got the history goes back to late 1600s, early 1700s, especially of where the, the influence of the Dutch East Indian company had on this area to supply fresh produce to the, to, to the Cape and to, to the passing ships. 
so that, that that's why you call one of the areas here, one of the, the wards here is called Groenekloof, uh, because it's called Groenekloof because of the vegetables and the and oh, also okay. of the natural growth that was here. And, and Groenekloof because of the flowers in this time now, in August, September, October, where you have this beautiful flowering time, felt is beautiful, everything. Um, so Groenepoos came through that. So the, the, it's a, it's a, it goes back quite a long time. I'm sitting in an old... Um, uh, for, uh, fort that was built by the Dutch East Indian Company that's wow. now a cellar. Um, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, I can go on and on with all the history, yeah. but I mean, that's where it started. So after that, it went through many hands. I mean, the farm. And then later on, when, when everything opened up, uh, oh, let me put it this way 1972, Nick, uh, Peter Pence, and his father bought uh, Grote Post. And they later on bought some other farms as well that is neighboring on this uh, of Fruit of Post. And uh, they bought this area for, 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 uh, for making dairy or for farming with dairy. Um, later on, they had around about, I think, just short of 2,000 ca uh, uh, cows, Holstein Frieslands. Um, Peter Pence was um, farm of the year uh, because of his, the role that he played in the dairy industry. Um, he's, he was one of the, he was the first person to import Holstein Friesland semen um, to South Africa. Uh, and which is for that, he got the, 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 the farm of the year award and also the personality, the dairy personality of the year award wow. um, later on, which is fantastic. So, so mainly they were, the Pence family was focusing on, on dairy here. But as things changed and the, the, the landscape in South Africa changed and um, people were starting talking about vineyards and, you know, this area was always, there was always vineyards here, but the focus was not on that. And suddenly they were realizing that with Groene Kloof, with um, Savion Blanc from Neil Ellis and some of the wines from Darling Cellars um, that became popular and the Pence family decided, let's, let's venture into the, into the, planting some vineyards to sell it not to put up a cellar and it was doing so well that uh first grapes uh, were or vineyards were planted in 93 92 and then around about 98 they decided listen here this quality is good it works here um let's take the opportunity and put a cellar and add value to our own product which is which is good. And uh, that's where it all started. So 2000 and, and uh, 1990, 1999, first wine was made. And, wow. and uh, sorry, I've got my time. I'm in the 2000 now. So 1999, yeah. the first, first wine was made. 1998, uh, um, cellar was built and very quick. I think like eight months, the whole place was standing here. And wow. um, and then 99, first wine was made. And since then, I must say, I was not the winemaker then, but we never look back, uh, I would say. Yeah. It's wow, really, it's really, are we very fortunate in this area? I mean, and then, uh, you know, putting the effort into, you, you must make the right decision in, in a way. Yeah. You can't plant vineyards. So, and hope that the quality will be good. Mm -hmm. The quality was good, and we're still producing that. And that's, we were fortunate uh, because of that, yeah. So do you still have the original vineyards there? Yes, we do. Um, it's actually interesting you say that we, we're actually starting this year or since last year, we started 
plant, replanting, you know, the old vines that was planted in the beginning, some Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. We're starting to replant with um, Sauvignon Blanc and whatever we want to plant. So we're at that stage now, really, where these vineyards are getting too old. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, people, uh, when I'm saying too old, it's just because it's not using the quality anymore. Um, mm-hmm. If it was old and it still produced quality and volume, we probably would have kept it. But the quality was not good anymore. So we, we, we are replanting there, um, which is amazing. You know, but you must remember those days, we, we, when, when this farm started, it was virgin soil. Mm-hmm. And everything oh, yeah. almost started. There was a few old vineyards that was around here. But most of it that was planted was virgin soil. So in basically in five to eight years' time, most of the 100 hectares, 105 hectares that we have at the moment, probably a little bit more with the new plantings, but has be, had to be planted within about 10 years' time. So that's, that's expensive. Right. And you have to replace that now. Mm. Yeah. But now, but now talking about that, is, so... Because I've been also um, talking to people about the old vines, the old vine project, you know, that they are preserving these old uh, vineyards. And so this is not something that you would be interested in doing. No, definitely. I mean, it's not a problem. I mean, I've got no problem with that. I mean, if you have an old vine that, uh, the old vine project is is where they get this really, really old vines that's Mm -hmm. still producing very good quality. I'm talking about taking out vineyards that got to the stage where it's not going to help them. It's got rolly virus. It's just oh, not yeah. producing. Oh, so it doesn't yeah. even make a good quality. It can't even make mm-hmm. a good base wine for, for bubbly. You know, you're struggling mm-hmm. to get it right. So if that specific uh, site or section or block, what you want to call it, still produces good quality, yeah, definitely we'll keep it. Yeah. And if it goes for... Uh, a few years then we'll keep it there definitely but yeah you, you need to replace the stuff that's not working anymore so we don't take out good stuff it's just a bad oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah yeah because this is um you know this is very interesting for me to uh, also that it's not just you can just okay i'll keep my vineyards in to make it you know old vines it's there's so much uh, involved in that and and like you say all these illnesses that the vineyards can get that influence also the the you know the the, the grapes and the wine then in the end you see that but one thing i just want to say uh, add on to is that old vines is not the only way of doing it i mean young mm-hmm. vines is also good if you you must remember you've got new clones You've mm-hmm. got no, new ideas for, 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 for stylistic. Say, for instance, Sauvignon Blanc. These new cl- clones on the market, there is new way of how people enjoy wine. Uh, so you, you constantly need to change. You need to, I think it's around about, you need to replace 5% of your vineyards every year. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're a successful farmer. That's about the more, some people will disagree or whatever, but it's about 5%. That you need to replace. I'm talking about a, a active uh, winery farmer, whatever that's been making wine for the last couple of twenty or thirty odd years. You need to replace. You need to find, keep your stuff that's that's showing very good and still produce. But yeah, you you need to keep on changing. And and it's very important to what is going to happen in the future, which is the new varietals that people are going to drink. Are you going to 
uh, say for instance, our old man's blend. I mean, by adding a little bit of sensa that we don't have or, 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 or Grenache, you know, people that's, that's new buzzword is it, uh, what people are talking about. What is the, what is the craze for, 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 for the future? What is the millennials like, you know? Yeah. And, and that, that is, that is also, even with vignettes, when you talk about, you wanted to have it old, it's, it's lovely because the, the quality that comes out, but you can also get good quality out of young vines yeah. uh, for the future, you know, which is maybe also going to become an old wine <laughs> in, yeah. in 30 years. We can't just keep all the old vines and there's no young wines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It must exactly. make them old as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, yeah, and for the future generation, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you've got quite a large variety of wine, but but I see a lot of white wines. Is that because of uh, the conditions that you have there? Or is it just for, by choice? No, it's conditions. Uh, okay. It's conditions. I mean, the conditions, like I said earlier, when you make wine, you're in the area, you know what's working and what is going to be the majority of the area. So definitely for the whites, it's much better suited. Um, so you, like Savion Blanc, we walk, walked through the vineyards the other day with a consultant to see where we can plant new, what sites we can use for for what varietal. And, he, and I mean, the, the, one of the kind of, he summed it up and said, listen here, all your sites can be used for Savion Blanc. It will mm -hmm. do okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so what I'm saying is, yeah. So Savion Blanc, then when you, what you do is when you do have a, uh, you want to plant Shiraz or a Grenache or mm -hmm. Merlot, which is more specific for them. It's not that easy. So when you come to uh, you with this replanting, which is actually very, very good because now we understand what works for Merlot or Shiraz or for the Reds, which site is better, so we can plant them there um, mm -hmm. and um, make sure that they're on the more like more your eastern to your western slopes because all our slopes are south facing and your eastern and western slopes are the cool after the warmer sites so you focus on your on your plantings for the for the reds now in the future will be more on that side which will work great because the 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 the, the quality that we get out of them has uh, historically shown very very good quality for that red so yeah, and what we've done in the past as well, we regrafted some Sauvignon Blanc onto Cabernet Sauvignon because that Cabernet was not ripening. This was just too cold. Uh, it didn't get to the point where you can say, "Listen, but now it's 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 very just going to produce good quality." Mm -hmm. So yeah, we grafted uh, quite a hell of a lot of of, of uh, Sauvignon Blanc onto Cabernet, which worked fantastic, saved us time. And made sense financially, you know, which is uh, we should yeah. have done more as we look back at it now. But, but, but yeah, it's it's yeah. So that is nice now when we can start replanting. I know where to plant the reds. So reds is not going to not work here, but it's, yeah. you need to be more site specific. Yeah. Okay, because I'm glad to see you have Shiraz there in your collection. I have to. It's my. It's my. It's one of my. I'm. I'm a little bit like a. Like a. Uh, I like a lot. Of, I like drinking. So I like a lot of wines. So, but I must say, Shiraz has always been like a my first read that I've. That I, I actually, in a way, the first time I went overseas to work was in in the Rhone, um, and and. 
probably there. That's where I fell in love with uh, with the Shiraz, you know, when oh, the grape yeah. variety. Yeah. It's such a beautiful varietal. It's, yeah. it's um, my favorite wine to drink. Yeah, it's a, mm. yeah it is. Uh, and, and we make here, we make a more gentle, a mm. uh, little bit more of the violet kind of um, um, softer tannin kind of, of Shiraz. So oh, okay. you won't be able to... The, it's 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 a bit more difficult to make. You don't get the full-bodied, yeah. like with a warmer climate kind of um, Shiraz. You've got more the gentle, uh, fruity, little bit herbaceous kind of Shiraz. Yeah. But now, Lucas, you you seem to have all this experience and and all this knowledge. But but what still is there for you? What wishes do you have for the future for where you are? Oh, there's so many things. It's not ending. I mean, I think then that I should, if, if, if there's always something exciting. So we've created, uh, I mean, they allow me to, Nick and, and, and Peter, they give me the opportunity to, to bring out something new and just something interesting. Uh, Peter Pence said to me, uh, Lucas, you always have to do something new. And I mean, Peter Pence was in a, was a businessman for many years. And, uh, and, he, and I can remember when I got here, he said, if you don't know what to do, dye your hair pink. And oh. I just to make a difference. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a little bit late. But, 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 the, but, the, but yeah, but it's, uh, I think when you're still at the stage where you can, you're excited about what's happening on the yeah. farm, there's new things in it. Like we brought out the sea salter now, which is doing for us so fantastic. It's been received amazingly. Uh, there's so a lot of new things that uh, new markets that you uh, uh, can reach in the future with this. I mean, it makes it exciting. There's some other projects that be going on. So very important while you're at a, at a place and you can still grow and you don't stagnate. You don't. You can't do that. You need to try new things. If it's a mistake, then carry on to the new uh, to another thing. But as long as I've got that uh, freedom to to express my my kind of arty with ways then then i feel uh, the more i can do that the more excited i am and the more i probably can give to to her to post and no, i'm I, still i've enjoyed it yeah. yeah i agree with you i think it's it's um uh you know it's so lovely to to be able to so, so you you get a bit of freedom to experiment and to be creative and to try new things and i think that's wonderful you know that you still you know that you have that opportunity on the farm yeah definitely i mean that's that's important you know that's that's something that you sometimes can be pushed into a certain direction uh in some places that mm -hmm. I don't feel, I mean, obviously you need to do planning. I mean, if it doesn't yeah. work, you stop doing it. I mean, but you still have the, the, the ability to, to be creative in what you do. And that's what we do. I mean, that makes me as a winemaker, I'm, I'm not, I don't work in a, fa I work in a factory, yeah. but I'm not a, I'm not uh, uh, like, a, I'm a project manager, but I'm not a, I'm a creator as well. You know, yeah. that's, I think we were, we talked about earlier. I think that's, that's the difference. So as long as I get stimulated with that, I'm very happy to, to create more and, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, and make sure that, you know, uh, your, your, your market changes the whole time. What is the future? I mean, yeah. I mean what is, what is the new people want? There's always new drinkers coming onto the market. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to balance that out, you know. So, so for instance, like the sea software, which is uh, it's got a more totally different label to what we've been doing with the Grutterpost. And the reaction on that is amazing, especially I'll take my son, he's now 19 years old. And that's what they want to be associated with, you know, with 19 year olds, that's what they're all about the new things, you know, it might change in the future because they've always come back. He's like, I always said, I'm telling my father's jokes now, you know, and uh, it's it's good. You always go back. But when you're younger, you want to experiment with with something, you would be excited about it. So for me, uh, I would be grateful if I can do something that 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 comes out for and creates a new buzz for the next generation and for the for the older generation, which is for me important to make sure that you you keep on growing and you make sure that you you keep people interested before the post. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, the the whole label. I mean, for me, it's always so interesting the labels and the name. You know, and I think people drink wine in in this way as well. You know, they um it's it's about the wine the quality of the wine but i think for people who are not really wine connoisseurs they also like the story and the label and the you know the whole background behind the wine no definitely i think you know the label is very important that's how you it's like a flower you um you I mean, you go to flower because it's it's nice and beautiful the bee goes there too so that's very important but the proof is in the pudding, um, and the proof is in, in the in the product inside the bottle eventually. I mean, if there's no nectar and it's not nice, bees not yeah. going to go back. Yeah. So you can have, you, but you need both. Yeah, you, you need both. You need to attract people to be mm-hmm. trendy. Not, I won't say trendy, but be uh, relative and and make sure mm-hmm. that even if your label is different, that it's still, you know, it will attract people uh, yeah. to come and it mustn't be silly or you get silly labels which is fantastic you laugh at that but is that going to stick with the future is that something for the future i don't know classic is always good because wine is always related to this classicness you know with a whole classic history of wine i mean you're talking about thousands of years of making wine and and uh, the tradition of wine is 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 in the love. But I think now we're changing. I think there's a lot of things where tradition for me, tradition is very important. But you have to move forward. Yeah. And you have to move forward with with time and understand people. People are times are changing much quicker now than 50 years ago, maybe. I mean, the last 50 years things has just went maybe 40 years just went up. And wine needs to keep up with it. Every yeah. industry in the world needs to keep up with it, you know. So you need to be clear how you make your wine, your style of wine. What do people like? You know, what will they, um, very interesting um, is that is that uh, if you look at all the soda pops that people like, you know, it's always a new one on the market with a new label. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But wine is not that. Wine is something that you want to grow for the future, to be like a big traditional um, following that will drink it and, and, and recognize it for the future. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I try to do. Mm. I, we, think also, we. I think also with social media, people are more aware. You know, people are more aware of the different types of wine because everybody's now drinking and showing and sharing on Instagram, for example. So mm. yeah, but yeah, um, big, 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 big social media is very important. Yeah, social yeah. media. Is, I'm very bad on that. Uh, yeah. To be honest, luckily we've got Peter Junior. 
Uh, he's uh, now uh, yeah, okay. he's, uh, Nick's son, so he's the, yeah. he's the, he's the guy that you, you spoke or sent the email to. Um, they know how to work with it. They love it. Yeah. They love to yeah. be on social media. So, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Well, you make the good one and they, they put it on social media. I'll leave us with them. Yeah. Leave it for them. No problem. <laughs> I don't think they want me there. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Stay out. Make your wine. Go away. <laughs> um, but, um, Lucas, now I have one last question for you. Um, can you do a shout out for your favorite restaurant or coffee shop in the area? In our area? Yeah. Where do you go frequently? I make such good. No, I'm just now, I, I must tell you one thing. Okay. okay. Let me think. I yeah. must tell you one with my best experience in the last couple of years, say the last 18 months. Yeah. Is the, in Darling is, is, a, is a restaurant called 1910 Forge, Old Forge, which is an amazing place with uh, unbelievable ambiance. You know, you, you can just go and have a glass of wine, a gin or a beer or a whiskey. And they also make fantastic food, you know, and they've mm. got this lovely evenings with, uh, uh, that they, you can have like a, a Portuguese evening or a Greek evening, or a, I don't think you get an American evening because there's only going to be burgers, but you okay. have like, like a French evening or a Thai evening. Yeah. So it brings a lot of people together. And I must say that's it's, it's in, in, for darling. I think it's they're doing a fantastic job, and um, I'm, I'm, I actually, to be honest, I don't want to because we only have so very few restaurants in in Darling, mm. but they all do a good job. Uh, but this at the moment is 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 really standing out for me. And then obviously, you, um, I can't neglect. I mean, I don't want to call, but Hilda's Kitchen on the farm uh, when people yeah. come and visit, which is they've been with us as long as I've been here, and they make unbelievable food. Really? They are. Uh, really is worthwhile while visiting us to go there or just go before, do a tasting afterwards to, to go to Hilda's Kitchen. Debbie is an awesome chef. Uh, people always love love her food. I still love her food. She always And she's always creative with new things. She also always brings very slight. You, you know, sometimes when you grow and you change, you, you can't change that quick as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. People people are used to it. You know, you can't change things too, too quickly. And she always comes in with this new kind of recipes, and uh, which is great, yeah. Which is uh, really worthwhile while visiting us, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's Hilda's Kitchen on the farm. Hilda's Kitchen, yeah, yeah. I have to bring that in. Yeah. yeah okay. Because it's so special. It's really special for me. Yeah. Well, Lucas, this was so lovely to talk to you. I'm coming to to taste your wine when I come to South Africa. Yeah. When is that? Hopefully yeah. soon. I hope so. Let's, let's make the wish. Get on the plane, man. It's easy. It's, just, yeah. it's 12 hours away, 14 hours. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. 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 You'll keep but, the space uh, open for you. I'll ask Nick if we can have a room for you to stay there for the evening, maybe. Yeah. And we have oh, a lucky that yeah. That will be great. That will yeah. be wonderful. So I can, I can have the whole experience on the farm. You, you should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. And that would be great for us to have you. Yeah. Thank and for everybody so else that's watching, if you come here to Grunepost yeah. or South Africa, you want to visit Grunepost, like I said, we've got a lovely restaurant, mm -hmm. uh, a lovely area. It's off the beaten track. Um, and I think a lot of uh, foreigners that has been to South Africa want to come again or first-time experience. Grunepost is an amazing experience because 
of the off the beaten track exper uh, uh, experience that they will have. We've got game on the farm. We can take people oh, on wow. a game drive if they want to. Just call us up front. And uh, like I said, the restaurant. This we've got picnic baskets. We've got you can go for a walk. Yeah, it's amazing. Nice. Especially this time of year is uh, yeah. August, September, October. It's just a beautiful time in in in, in Darling because of the flowers and uh, oh, yeah. everything turns green and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love this time of the year the most on the farm. Wonderful. Yeah, so it's a whole experience when you come to taste wine. You can do all these, yeah. these things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds very interesting. No, it's on my bucket list, darling. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, Good. you're welcome. Eh? Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, mm. Lucas, have a lovely afternoon. Thank you very much. Yourself. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye.